Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Before we get started with anything today, there's, there's a couple things from last week that I think I need to do a little bit of house cleaning with you all. Um, I believe one of the worst things that I could do as a pastor is say something to you guys that either lessens your faith or kind of makes you question some things. And so uh, there was some stuff that came about last week that I just wanted to kind of take a second this morning and clear up with you guys uh, a little bit. And so there is in the back of uh, in the back of our sanctuary on the Welcome Center is last week's sermon notes for you guys. And so if you were doing a great job taking sermon notes with me last week, Uh, I thank you, but I switched them around because I started to kind of think about, hey, is this something that's important to really talk about or to really go over? And so one of the things that I say is, hey, I I don't want any confusion every time I, uh, anytime that I get here in the pulpit. And so last week, for instance, I'm just going to share one with you guys. And and I, and I think I maybe gave a little bit uh, unclarity, but last week, this is what I said. I said that forgiveness was offered because of the resurrection of Christ. Here's the deal. Forgiveness is offered because Jesus died on the cross. Forgiveness is assured because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so um, I I don't want to kind of muddle the waters with you guys. And so if you want to kind of look at some of the things that I rewrote for you guys with all of the verses, please go back there. Um, If that is something that you're like, oh man, what's going on? The thing is, is that uh, last week, because of the resurrection of Christ, here's the deal. Everything that he said before and that he will say to us is completely true. And it's affirmed to us because of the resurrection. And so uh, go, ch- go back there, check it out, kind of look at it, kind of go back there and say, hey, that gives me a little bit more clarity. Thank you, Seth Runner. Awesome. Cool. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into today. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you flip over to Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen uh, next to us. Uh, We've been going through a uh, sermon series called Let's Be Honest. And the thing about Let's Be Honest is this, is that I don't think that when when we really look at what's going around, I don't know if we're really honest with ourselves. We kind of actually make statements that go, well, if this would just be corrected or that would be corrected, it would all be better. I think it's easy to fight the symptoms because we see immediate results and we actually don't create lasting heart change when we actually talk about let, uh, when we actually talk about what's really going on. Instead actually we draw lines instead of drawing people closer to Christ. Our worldview can quickly get out of sync when we rely on something other than the word of God. See the truth is that it's all pointing back to Jesus Christ, what he's doing, how he's leading us with the Holy Spirit. First week, we talked about our source of truth, which is, once again, the words of Jesus Christ, the life of Christ, the the word of God, which is funny because that's what we're talking about today. And then the second week, we learned to actually, hey, we need to turn and trust the truth of Jesus and place God's righteousness on our body armor. The third week, we processed how we would put on the shoes of readiness to always be ready to share the gospel, which is something we're going to talk about today. The fourth week, we looked at putting up, uh, putting up our shield of faith when the fiery arrows come. 
And then Brian, two weeks ago, shared with us the need to put on the helmet of salvation. And today, we pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So this week, I went back to why are we doing all of this? Here's the reason why we are going right back through all this scripture. is because I think we need to understand Paul's words when he warns us what's really going on. That there is an unseen world fighting for the souls of man. There's an unseen world constantly fighting and battling for, hey, I want, I want that, I want that person to either follow Christ or, or not follow Christ. There's a constant battle going on, and, and it's a beautiful picture in uh, those first little verses, and, and we're going to read it together this morning. And so if you have your finger on uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, let's read it together. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor that you will be able to stand firm against the, against the strategies of the devil. Here it is right here. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, here we go. Therefore, let's be honest, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the evil, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from God's, from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation, put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And lastly, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So today we're going to focus on just Ephesians 6.17, which once again says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's something that uh, after reading this, I just started going, okay, let's, let's dive into this and let's actually meditate on it a little bit because eventually we're going to get to the point where I'm going to show you a little bit of a method. And so I did it with this piece of scripture. I find it scary that Paul uses the word take to start the process of putting on the sword. It means that it has been lying there and it is the sharpest weapon. It is the chosen, think of it this way, okay? Take the sword of the Spirit. It is the chosen weapon of the Spirit. Just, just sink that in a little bit. It means, and then it goes on to say, it is the Word of God. Do you realize that this thing right here, all of these words are the sharpest thing you could ever touch. And it has been laying here. I mean, many of you, some of you have lots of Bibles on shelves, right? I, I have seven in my office alone, right? And it just lays there and it sits there. And most of the time, I think 10 minutes, I think that, okay, man, I'm getting into this. 10 minutes, I go, man, that might be too much for me to be touching this. 
right? We, we sit there and we just let it be and we, we just pass by it every single time. It's been sitting there waiting for us. And I think to myself, that is incredibly scary words from Paul. In fact, actually, if that's not scary enough, read Hebrews 4.12. Here it is. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is waiting for us to take it up. We've got everything else on and it is waiting for us to take it up. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any sword ever made. It has the power to change others and to change us. But here's the deal. The sword we take up is to not to damage people, but to show the true intentions of the heart of man. In the gospel, we see Jesus telling Satan, the Pharisees, his disciples, the scripture says, or haven't you read the scriptures when it says? Or there's even one phrase that I love that says, didn't you even read the scripture? Like he like blatantly says, didn't you even ever read this? Did you ever read this? All of those things happens over 30 times in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let's be honest, we do a lot of what the Pharisees do and use the Bible to get away with what we want. And we use the Bible to have debates that really actually probably don't need to be had sometimes. In fact, I actually think about this. We, we, in the world that we're in, we proof text to make the Bible be okay with our lifestyle. Man, I want to be able to do this, and so I'm going to find in the Bible if it's okay for me to be able to do this. There are those that actually in our world right now that say that the, the, that the Bible is an old book and not relevant anymore. They say the commands are archaic and have no use in this present age. But how can that be when we just read Hebrews 4.12 which says it's living and active? Man, the Bible has the truth for absolutely everything we need. Here's one. We take scripture out of context and misuse the scripture all the time. I'll give you one that me and my friend joke about all the time, and it's, it's actually become a joke, but uh, it's because now we know each other. But the one Bible verse that I think about that's always taken out of context for me is this. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Hey, Caden, I got a question for you. Yeah, uh, do you... Hey, can, can you do something for me? I just want to let you know that I, I think God can strengthen you with this one, okay? So I mean, it might happen, but can you do a handstand walk all the way around this building? Because God can strengthen you to do that. No, I, I'm telling you, there, there are some things that we just can't do, but if we actually read the whole context of the scripture, it is that when at any point in time, when God is calling me to do something, whether I have the ability to or not, I can rely on it. The problem is, is that we take the one piece of scripture out and we say, man, this is to be true. 
Now, I think it's the cutest thing when my daughter is trying to swing, uh, swing a bat and hit a ball, and she's saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Like, that's super cute, and that's adorable. And then when she's 12, I'll tell her the realness of it, okay? I'll be honest with her. But here's the thing. Sometimes I think we look at Scripture and we miss what the whole entire Bible is for. I'll give you a perfect example, and Jesus himself says it. Jesus is having a discussion with his Pharisees, and he combats, he combats them saying this in John 5, 39. I love this piece of Scripture, and it killed me when I read it. You search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me. All of the time, we have the problem with making Scripture point to us. And maybe, just maybe, we could start going, man, it should be pointing to Jesus and what God is doing and has the power to understand how to change people's directions. Yes, it shows us who we are. And yes, it reveals to us our motivation and our thoughts. But it helps us to align ourselves with God. And so let's be honest, if we truly knew the power was just, if we truly knew the power was there, what is stopping us? What's stopping us from opening this up? And Jesus says it better than me once again in Mark 12, 24. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. See, I think the reason why we probably don't open the scriptures as much as we should is because we really don't understand the power or we're too afraid of it. Maybe it's going to convict us too much and that's way too hard for us because we actually have to be honest with ourselves and say, no, I'm, I'm wrong in this area. Maybe we have heard people over and over again for years saying that it doesn't have any power to do anything and so we just simply go to church because we know that that's what we're supposed to do or hey, this is, where, this is maybe where I can get that free ticket into heaven. I don't think that we understand the true power of Scripture. Do we meditate on it? Do we think about it? And we're going to go into, I'm going to just briefly talk about next week because the very last, the, the very last verse in Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Here's the deal. This is the sword of the Spirit and it's talking about just being with the Spirit always. And so let me remind you, by the way, I'm just going to go off tangent for a second. This is the sword of the Spirit. This, this is how the Spirit has power. It is through the Word of God. The Spirit draws, the Spirit convicts, the Spirit leads us to a closer relationship with God. And God calls us to take up the sword of the Spirit. Man, I want to know the Scriptures inside and out. I don't want to lie around anymore. I, I, desire, to be, I desire it to be on my lips and in my mind and guiding my heart it is not just another book or a word.
So there's this thing we have called uh, Good Samaritan Fund at our church. And what happens is, is if anybody comes into our church who needs help or, or whatever, we, we give them money and we support them and we bring them into our office and talk to them. And um, there's this uh, guy who had been coming in for a couple months and we'd been helping him and, and going along with him. And something smacked me in the face because I know the scripture says to, man, help those who are in need and to come alongside of them and kind of lift them up. And, and then I forgot what Ephesians 6 is all about, is that there are, there are principalities fighting for unseen. <laughs> there are principalities in the unseen world fighting for our souls. And I got a call this Monday that this guy had died. He's 37 years old. We don't know why he died. He just, he just died. And instantaneously, as I'm working on this scripture, I thought to myself, did I actually ever sit down with him and say, man, do you, do you know Jesus Christ? Luckily, luckily on the flip side, I, I did find out that he did, but what is the power of the scripture for if not to share the gospel with them? if not to actually come alongside of them and say, this has the power to change more than money does. It's because it's the Holy Spirit. And so, like in heavy hearts, I started just preparing for this scripture, and I, for this sermon, and I thought, man, if the power is at our fingertips and God is telling us to take it up, man, I, I want to give three reasons today for you guys to take up the Spirit, to take up the sword of the Spirit. And I want, by the time we leave this room today, I don't want you guys to have any doubt that this is where we're going to get our power. Man, we've already seen and talked about it last week through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ gives assurance to the scriptures and man, and here we go. The first reason to take up the sword of the spirit is this is to understand and apply it as a guide for my life. To understand and apply it as a guide for my life. Luke eleven twenty eight 28 says, Jesus replied, be even more blessed, or sorry, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You see, there are a lot of people who can quote John 3.16 like none other. But they completely miss the verses that follow right after it. I mean, it urges us and guides us to say, would you just please come and read the scripture, take it up so that you can, you can understand and apply it as a guide to your life. Matthew 4 is probably one of the best examples of applying scripture and understanding it. And, and, I'll, and I'll go into it. Jesus is in the desert for 40 days. And at the end of his 40 days, Satan comes to tempt him. And the very first thing Satan says is, hey, I know you're hungry. And so change this rock into a loaf of bread. And, his, and Jesus answers everything in scripture back to Satan. People do not live by bread alone, but on the very word that comes from the mouth of God. 
How great would it be that when somebody comes to you and says, why don't you just do this or do that? And you can reply, no, that's, that's, not, that's not what the scripture is telling me to do. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. What if our total foundation of our life was built on that? That when people come, that when society starts to change and we're sitting there going, what's really going on? We're going to go, no, I'm not going into that because this is my foundation of the scripture because we've understood it and we're applying it to our life. Then Satan comes along and says, hey, here's the deal. Take you up to the highest point of the temple and if you just jump, and Satan starts to get really smart, right? Satan says, but the scriptures say, man, he will order his angels to, to catch you and you won't strike your foot on a stone. Because there's going to be people that say, but wait a second, what if the scripture says this? Maybe you're reading it wrong or they contradict each other or this. And Jesus just absolutely right away goes, man, the scriptures also say, you must not put the Lord, you must not test the Lord your God. He knows the scripture. He understands and he knows how to apply it to his life. And then he takes him and he shows him all the nations of the world. And he says, these have been given to me. You can do this if you would just bow to me. And he replies, the scripture says, you must not, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. At every single point and turn, Jesus says, man, go back to the scripture. When it comes to being honest with ourselves, I wonder if we could use the Bible to vend ourselves and attack Satan. Because it's really not to attack one another. We're actually not using scripture to beat somebody else over the head. We're not using scripture to come to them and say, you're absolutely wrong. No, the scripture is to completely come to us and say, do I understand this? Yeah, will there be a day when we have to uh, defend how we believe and what we believe? Absolutely, but with scripture. But we don't need to be going and, and making arguments right away until God has brought that across to us. Over and over again, Jesus asks us to not merely hear the word, but to do what it says. It has the answer for everything this world has to offer. Ask God to get today to give you a desire to study his word. And here's the deal. You will stumble and you will fumble with it at first, but the more you read, the more God guides and the Holy Spirit reveals our hearts. The second reason to take up the sword of the Spirit is to, is to show us where we have gone wrong and to correct us to do what is right. To show us where we have gone wrong and to correct us to do what is right. Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Sometimes I like to underline in my Bible. Sometimes I don't because the whole Bible should be underlined, right? There's no special book, but here's the deal. If you like to underline, I love the phrase, all scripture is inspired by God. 
all scripture is inspired by God. Not just your favorite book, not your favorite verse to quote always, the whole entire book, Genesis through Revelation. It's all inspired by God. And there are times when we come against scriptures that like, I just don't get the God of this scripture and, and that's okay. Because it's to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. And it just maybe makes us dive in a little bit more and go, I don't understand this piece, but we don't just walk away and say, I'm done with it because it doesn't, it doesn't fit what I feel that God is. No, we actually start to study it a little bit more. And we're going to go into that in detail in a little bit, okay? But you need to realize that all scripture is inspired by God. And for those of you in our church that are leaders or, or run Bible studies or, or meet with people, there's a verse that I think is incredibly important to you. It's in 2 Timothy 4.2, and it says this, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. If God has given somebody underneath you if you're a leader of students, if you're a leader of kids, if you have a Bible study, be prepared, always. Don't find your favorite verses so that you can quote them, so that you can sound amazing. No, man. Preach the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you that, man, it doesn't say preach the Word of God so that you can beat people. Right? So that you can make them look worse. But no, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. It even says in the Bible, man, speak the truth in love. When we read God's word, we can see what is wrong in our hearts and change to doing what is right. As we dive into the word, we, we actually... Allow it to expose our sins. That's, that's what the scripture does when it continually points back to Jesus Christ over and over again. Man, there are so many times where he says, do you realize that you've missed the mark? Do you realize that you've been separated from God and I'm here to bring you back? I'm here to help you see differently a little bit more. Because when the world is fighting over different laws that we need to produce or fighting over different theological viewpoints or different ideologies, we can continually come back and go, God, what is the thing that you want me to do? What is the scripture saying in my heart to change? That's how it shows us where we've gone wrong and corrects us to do what is right. The third reason to take up the sword of the spirit is this, is that we, to, we are... Third reason to take up the sword of the Spirit is to be prepared at any moment to share the gospel. To be prepared at any moment to share the gospel. If you haven't gotten any of that stuff from all the scriptures before, let's dive into 2 Peter 3, 13 through 15. And it says this. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer doing, even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their, of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as your Lord, as Lord of your life. 
And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Here's the deal. I love that piece of scripture because we need to be ready at any moment. If we are the people who are allowing ourselves to understand and apply the word of God in our life, and we're people who are allowing it to show us where we've gone wrong and to correct us to do what is right, we are going to look weird. We're going to look different than the rest of the world. And the rest of the world's going to go, why do you follow that archaic book? Why do you do these things? Why are you so happy all the time? What's going on in your life? Why are things going well for you? Why are you always able to rejoice in this moment? Why are you able to worship? Man, this has got to be rough. And, and the thing is, is that at any given moment, we want to be prepared to share the gospel. And that means that we have to know what the gospel is saying. That means we have to take people to certain pieces of scripture to say, hey, this is where it's teaching me. This is where it's guiding me. At this point in my life, this scripture is helping me. But instead, when we're not prepared, and instead we go to simple verses that we've maybe heard all of our lives that haven't really sunk into our hearts, like John 3.16. But what if we could come to people and say, this is what I'm reading in the scripture, and this is phenomenal, and it's changing my heart, and let me tell you a little bit about it. Man, that would be impressive. And so that's all good and dandy. Thanks, Seth, for giving us reasons to take up the, the, the sword of the Spirit. I actually want to start something with you. If you've never started actually having a process of always reading the Scripture, I, I want to give you a little bit of encouragement through uh, what I call the SAP method. It's been around for forever, but here's the deal. All you need is a notebook or not a notebook, okay? And this is, this is what I almost do all this. This is not almost. This is what I do every time. Very top of the page, I write down, hey, here's the scripture that I'm in. If you haven't picked up a Bible for a while and you're like, man, I, I would really like to read somewhere, John is a great book to start. Man, John is just a, a fantastic book to really ask questions to open up. If you don't want to go to John, there's this great book of, called Proverbs. And Proverbs has 31 Proverbs in it. And in that, just read, a, just read a chapter a day. Man. So, today is April 8th. And so, you can go home. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 8. And get into it. This doesn't need to take hours. That's not what we're asking you to do. But if you would start with 15 to 30 minutes even of just going, here's where I'm going to be at. And it's actually not about quantity. It's not about reading 20 chapters a day either. It's not about, hey, I got through the whole entire Bible in two weeks. No, it's actually about quality time spent with God. And so here's what happens is when you open up your scripture, just write out, man, if you're going to take... Uh, sometimes I've only written out one verse or I've written out, man, two whole, uh, two whole paragraphs. Or sometimes I've even re uh, written out one chapter as I'm just thinking about it and meditating on it.
And here's what I want you to ask when you do that. I want you to look at the scripture and I want you to ask, what was this, who was this scripture written to? And who was it written to? It might take you a little bit of time to find that. Or if you're tech savvy, you just go to Google. Bible Gateway. Different things like that. And then you ask, what is going on in this passage? What's happening in this passage? And maybe you could ask God, hey God, would you show me the big idea in this piece of scripture right here? Would you show me the big idea? And then after you've spent time with that, five, 10 minutes, go on to the application. This is where you get to interact with God a little bit. How will I be different today as a result of reading this passage? And write that down. This is why I'm gonna be a little bit different because of this passage. How will you apply this section to, how will I apply this section to my life? Okay, this is how I'm gonna do it. This is what it's teaching me and this is how I'm gonna do it. I don't know what that might look like for you. Maybe it's an attitude to correct. Maybe it's a direction to go differently. Maybe it's a new thought process to think. Maybe it's an action that you have to do. And man, I want to apply it. I don't want to simply close the book and walk away and forget what it said. And the last thing is this. Is this, write down what you want to tell God. Just write down your prayer. God, I'm really struggling with this. Or God, I really need help doing this. You have to realize that God speaks to us through the scripture by simply having a conversation with him. Maybe you need uh, something answered and all you have to do is simply ask and wait for the answer. Pick up the sword of the spirit. And for those of you who, man, I've done really good with that. I'm, I'm continuing on, but I'm stuck a little bit and I want to dive in a little bit deeper. Uh, there's a book that I have absolutely loved um, that has kind of helped me in understanding the, how all of the Bible connects together if you really want to dive deep. And that book is How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Uh, it's a great book. Um, I've, I've loved just reading it. Here's the deal. I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is not the easiest read in the world, okay? Um, in fact, actually, I'm pretty sure the Bible is easier to read than this. <laughs> it's just because it's got a lot of big words, but it brings us back to how do you connect this? How do you, how do you go here? What is it teaching us? And how do I move and all of that sort of stuff? And, and man, when I go to Psalms, what is, what is it really talking about? And how do I figure out the nuances and all of that sort of stuff? And this has been a great book for me. And so uh, pick it up. Um, it has been great in how to help me dive deeper because it's going to get into, okay, great. Now that we know the whole overview of the Bible, man, now I'm going to get into word studies. Maybe I'm going to do different things, but start. For those of you, I'd, I don't want to muddle the waters. Start with simply the SAP method. Try that for a whole entire week. In fact, actually, I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of, of encouragement is, hey, just would you right now, on wherever you're taking notes, just write down, man, this is how many days I'm going to commit to being with you, God. Because we know that the average is not that much. Right now, in your mind, think about it. 
man, I'm going to spend four days this week. I'm going to spend all seven days. Okay, if you can't do seven, maybe back it down a little bit. But spend time with God because this is the power. This is the word of God. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and I, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God would just put a desire in your heart to want to pick up the word of God. Let's pray. God, would you help us to be honest with ourselves that we don't have a biblical worldview, that maybe we have pieces put together and we're finding things. And God, would you help us to have your worldview? God, and there's going to be things in the Bible that really don't sit well with us. But God, it's not about us. It's about you. And it points to your son over and over again. And so, God, as we give you the praise that you're due, Lord, I would, uh, I would ask that you would help us to realize that um, and we need to dive into your word to be ready at any moment. It just doesn't happen by accident. So let us be led by you. Let us desire you more and more. And would we come to your table and we realize that you feed us always. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I want to first clear up one thing. Is in the notes on uh, the third point, it said Second uh, Peter 3, 13 through 15. And what was supposed to be in there was First Peter. So what came up here was Second Peter. And then Seth started reading something that wasn't up here. And it had nothing really to do with each other besides they were in the same book of the Bible. <laughs> uh, the Bible being the book, not the same book of the Bible, though. They were in different books of the Bible. Um, and so if you, if you just write on that, that third point, uh, just scratch out the two and put the one, and then, and then um, you can read uh, right here uh, exactly what Seth was saying. <laughs> And, and we can we can refresh there. And then what I want to do just to, to close and put a button on all of this is uh, in Genesis 1.1, um, I always go back to Genesis. That's where my mind goes and it's how I work. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then, and then we get this whole first chapter of, and then God said, and then God said, and then God said, and then God said. Well, when we say stuff, we're using our words. God with his word created absolutely everything. And then here's the awesome thing as I was a new believer in coming up and, and even now it just amazes me is John 1.1. Uh, so John is describing uh, the coming of Jesus and that's how he's deciding to open up his book is the same way the entire book of the Bible opened up is in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then we find through those verses that that God's word has always existed is what he created with and it's also what he saved us with. His word became flesh. And then we're gonna go all the way to the end. And this is a point that Seth and I talked about when we did our um, meditation. When we got in the word and we did the sap and we, we, we did this on uh, 
Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings we do meditation. And here's, here's where we went is uh, Revelation 19, starting in verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Are we getting the point here? The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty and on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written on him King of Kings and Lord of Lords his word creates everything from nothing his word takes away all of our sin and dies for us and his word finishes it all we have access to that right here let's pray Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the, the stirring inside of us to try to get to know you more. Lord, I pray as we go this week to, to dedicate, to, to get in your word more, to understand you more, that we, you, with the stirring and with your power, you can encourage us to open this book a little bit more. Lord, I pray that, that, that from that, we can grow closer to you and closer to each other, and we can not only just change this community that's right around us, but this county, this state, this nation, and the world, because your word does all, is all. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.